1: Good morning, Millennials. Welcome back to the morning toast. It's another beautiful Tuesday in New York City. It seems like the longer quarantine goes on, the weather just refuses to be anything but beautiful.
0: Hey, Claude, HYD. <laughs> oh my God. I'm feeling so good. Like the small pit I had about hearing how you're doing was just totally subsided with a, a small dose of HYD. Well, you know what? Like, I guess we feel the two ways that people feel about
1: HYD. Like, I love it. I think it brightens my day. I love saying it. It just like gives me a burst of energy. And there's a lot of people who feel that way. And then there's obviously the people who are triggered. And I think that we represent both of those people. Now today I hit you with an HYD because we're already having a rough morning. We're not
0: going to go into it. But um, it's just torture. Just torture. Totally. Um, And for those watching on YouTube, you might not recognize me because I've been looking like a hermit for the last two months. And now I've decided to do a full face of makeup and hair. And I thought that it would make me feel better. Like, you know, they say, like, you look how you feel. And I actually don't feel better. I feel really stupid. Like, why? And
1: she's frozen. So I don't know how that's going to play out when this you were just frozen okay cool
0: let's hope that that sounded okay (laughs) whatever let's just move on if it happens again we'll start over but
1: for sure that's actually never happened to us so far yet so that's a new sensation um welcome to day 1050 of the quarantine today actually is a great day because it's our first time doing the show being able to tell people that we are aunties oh yes
0: Oh, my God. It was a long weekend and so much happened. You can call me Aunt Vicky Olivia, our wonderful, smart, beautiful, stunning older sister, gave birth to her daughter, Michaela Ashray Shapiro. And it has just been a whirlwind of emotion. So she gave birth on Friday morning. um, And mom is good. Everyone's good. It's just truly like life is so different.
1: Life is so different. It's such a crazy time. It's a crazy time to be in the hospital, to give birth, to have a baby in the niku. And so we're just shucking and driving, and we're just yeah. so excited for the baby, McKay. We love her so much. She's so fucking cute. I can't. She's and I She's so
0: fucking cute, you guys. Like, so little and perfect. And it's like, she just has everything. You know, she has knuckles and hair. It's crazy. Nails. Yeah. can't wait. Keep I can't her her wait manicure. to paint them yeah i 'll do a plentyy vibe she 's so cute. Olivia is finally home i 'm so happy for Olivia like to be home after like almost a month in the hospital i 'm just it 's like it 's happening you know it 's happening
1: i 'm i'm just so excited to eventually meet her meet little Bebe. And it's just, it's a really great time. So thank you to everyone who has sent well wishes to our family, sent well wishes to Olivia. It means so much. And we're just, we're over the moon. So even though we had our daily dose of torture
0: this morning, we are generally speaking over the moon. Over the moon. OTM, as I like to say. Um, and I, I just came ready, you know, like I watched so much TV that um, I cannot wait to dive into in our TV recap segment. And of course, you know, deliver the fast five because what else am I doing?
1: Right. I watched a good amount of TV and I read a lot. And I woke up so early this morning. I went to sleep last night at like 8.45. And I woke up this morning at 7.30, which if you know me, you know that that just does not happen ever. Oh, no. Even if I go to sleep at 8.45, like, okay, I'll still wake up at 11. Yeah. Um, But I just like got up. I was going to do my hair. I put on some self-tanner. And... I've had a a morning already, and I just want to say, like, I feel pretty much the same. I just feel, like, weird. I feel like anytime I wake up early, I'm just anxious because I feel like I'm going to the airport.
0: Yeah, my problem with waking up early is that the days are so long in quarantine normally. When you're waking up early, you're giving yourself more hours to fill, and I already have a hard time, like, filling the 12 hours that I spend awake in quarantine. Like, I cannot wake up a minute sooner because I have nothing to do.
1: Yeah, also, I don't know about you, but just, like, being a person who's quarantined in New York City this weekend and then, like, going on Instagram and stuff, like – I feel like I'm living on a different fucking planet than everyone yeah. else in this world. I actually can no longer go on Instagram and Instagram stories because it is triggering for me because everyone, like, I, are, things are opening up. People are doing things. Yes, they're socially distant, but they're seeing each other. They're at beaches. They're at pools. They're out of state. They're in second homes. And I just feel like I'm living in an alternate universe, like in this New York City cage. And if you're quarantined in the
0: city, then you know. And unless you're in the city, you don't know no we are so like lightning years behind other states like for for an example like only today are like certain more remote parts of new york starting phase one like we are so not even close to the end here in new york city so just know like if you've ever felt like i can't wait to meet new york city follow my dreams i can't wait to move no that's not a thing don't ever move here stay in your low income tax state because i'm coming after all this i'm coming and I'm, ha- I'm so happy for, like, the rest of the state that's
1: getting to open, you know. Um, but just being in this city, like, it just feels like we're kids in the playground and the teachers left and there's no one in charge. There's no one in charge. Yeah. There's no one to tell us that, like, recess is over. Get back to class. Like, no, totally. I, no, one, no one is looking out for us. I, I feel like we've been forgotten about. Everyone yeah. else is taking steps forward. Phase one, phase two, you know, making just strides.
0: We have been forgotten. No, we've totally been forgotten. I never thought I would, like, want my teacher back, but I need her or him. Like, please come save me. Please come save me. Like, um, it's too much recess. No, I've had enough. I have been recessed. (laughs) (laughs) And now we're in a recession. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, literally. (laughs) Literally. Oh, my God. Get me the fuck out of here. Like, I'm done. I just, I've never felt more. There's just, you know what it is? There are two types of people in this world. People who have second homes and people who don't. And right. it's never been more apparent, like, the difference between the two people. Like, I don't have a second home, and I just feel, like, so resentful of the people who do, you know? Right. But then there's also people who might not have a second home, but have, like, siblings or
1: cousins out of state, and they're just, like, you know, staying with family. Yeah. My family lives right
0: here. No, totally. Like, I-, I I feel you 100%. Like, there are people, or it also depends on where you live. There are just certain areas that are close to or nearby to, like, a lot of, like, bang in cities like and the more I think about it like New York is near nothing like the places we can go are Atlantic City the Hamptons the Jersey Shore like none of those are really calling my name right now
1: no but those are actually decent options in I, I guess everyone has their like shore you know you could like live in yeah, South Carolina think- and go to Myrtle
0: Beach. Right. So I've been feeling like my next stop on the Life Express is South Carolina. Like I need to be on the beach ne- near the OBX. Like I'm just going to the Carolinas. And then I could sing like all about the Carolinas and those country songs.
1: Yeah. No, I'm so, so here for that. Um, I'm with you whenever you want to like put your foot on the gas and get out of the city. I just need someone to drive me.
0: Okay. I can put my foot
1: on the gas and physically drive you there. So that's what's new with us. I hope everyone had a great Memorial Day weekend.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. It was, like, the most torturous Memorial Day weekend because I was getting my time hop from last year when we were all at Camp Toast being fabulous and not knowing that, like, the end was upon us. We just, we were so naive back then. And I just missed that ignorance, you know? We were so naive, like, giving hugs, sharing jewels, just a crazy time. Oh, my God. Yes. (laughs) Yes. We were, like, we honestly probably started COVID because we were, like, slobbering all over each other for three days straight. Yeah, no, we built up our immune systems for this time. It was just such a good time. And I, I remember feeling so ugly. But when I look back on the pictures, I looked so cute. Like I had just learned how to curl my hair properly. And I just was like looking so fabulous. And I was wearing my Dino Fila sneakers all around, like stomping around Camp Toast. And I just, I miss her. Like I, I didn't, I don't even know if I fully appreciated like how special it was to be one with nature now that I've literally not left the conf- confines of my bedroom for the last three months. I, I just, I'm, I took that for granted.
1: Yeah, no, we all took a lot of things for granted, and um, now we're stuck.
0: Yeah, I think of anything, I, the, most, the thing I most took for granted was restaurants.
1: Yeah, I keep thinking, like, what is it that I miss so much? Like, I could, like, it's just something, I even miss meetings, 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 meetings. Like, yeah. I just miss having places to go and people to see. Like, I am just in my little cage, and it's, it's wild.
0: Well, I was having a conversation with someone yesterday about this, and I think I really hit the nail on the head, if I do say so myself, as to, like, why people who are quarantined quarantined in New York are, A, having such a hard time, B, like, statistically, they're, like, so many people are going to move out of New York, probably, um, because it's terrible, and also because after all this is done, the tax is going to go up so high, and we're already such a high-income state, income tax state, but I think I really hit the nail on the head on, like, why New Yorkers in particular are having such a hard time, and it's because when we all moved to New York, like, of course there's terrible things about living in New York, like expensive, small apartments overrun by rats, but like the life and the bustle and the hustle and the everything about New York, like it made you forget. It's like, who needs an apartment? We're out eating Chinese food at four in the morning. I don't even need an apartment, you know? No, but
1: it's now- like, I'm, I'm not getting an apartment so I can live in it. Like it's just a place to sleep in between going to
0: all these fabulous places. So now that all the hustle bustle fabulousness has ended, we are left with what we have. And what we have in New York is very little, like compared to what you have in, you know, Nashville or Florida. Like it's just, you are now left, like the city is irrelevant. Like you're just left with what you have. And most people like when they are renting or buying an apartment in New York, they always value location over space. Like you could get a very big apartment. Well, not very big, like a bigger apartment uptown for the same amount of money as, like, a smaller shitty apartment in downtown, but downtown is where the life is. So everyone took those apartment downtowns just so they could, you know, have the life, and now it's like there's no life and you're in your small apartment. Location, location, location means nothing when there's nowhere to go. I, like, not to brag, have always been the type of person who values space over location. always. And I'm so glad I made that decision because if I had chosen location, I would be in a smaller apartment than I am now.
1: Yeah, I just wish I had also valued Terrace. Yes. Because, yes, like, it's just such a production to go outside the masks and the gloves, and then you're, like, have to be in the street. Like, if I could just, like, walk outside, get some fresh air. Like, I go three days without breathing fresh air, and I just – I don't know much. I'm not a scientist, but I just know that can't be good for me.
0: Yeah, and you know what? The way you're describing, like, that's sort of, like – like – that procedure that's involved with going outside reminds me of t- our, our word of the day today. Oh, wow. That's so exciting. Please share. It's homonymous, meaning ambiguous, having the same designation of or relating to being homonyms. So it's just like- yes. Every day in quarantine is quite homonymous. So I feel like Merriam-Webster chose that like intentionally today.
1: Yeah. She's like a shady one. Yeah.
0: Her Twitter's out of control.
1: Yeah. No, I appreciate it though. Um, anyway, so if you are not in New York, like, congratulations to you. I hope you know you're getting your nails done and your roots and things are happening for you. Um, I actually did my nails this morning. morning. That's, how much, that's how much time I had this morning. I did a full new manicure.
0: They're very cute. My nails are just
1: the healthiest they've ever been. Well, that's, that's good. It's that's something. Good. Okay, well, let's get right into it. We actually have a lot to talk about today. Um, so I think let's jump right in, you know? Sure. To what? The fast side stories that you need to know before
0: you wake up and take a bite out of your morning toast. And that's true, Jackie, but while you're feeling HYD, I'm feeling RDH. Because I want to let everyone know that today's episode is brought to you by Hunt a Killer. Take advantage of time spent inside at home, whether alone or with others, and break out Hunt a Killer. We can only watch TV and scroll on our phone so many nights in a row, so this murder mystery game is the best way to switch things up. Hunt a Killer reinvents the way we interact with murder mysteries. You can go from being a viewer safe in the comfort of your own home to an investigator actively involved in solving a case. The latest season starts with a woman, Julia, who unearths the corpse of a famous actress from the 30s in her family's theater with the board of directors trying to push julia out and the theater's reputation on the line you will have to help solve this cold case investigation before it's too late with each delivery you'll sift through piles of documents evidence for audio recordings and case files eliminating suspects until you crack the case it brings the fun of an escape room to your home it's easy to play whether you're solo or with family you can even join their spoiler-free online community with over 100,000 members so you can share theories and help each other out along the way. Hunt a Killer has over 2,000 five-star reviews on Trustpilot. It's a no wonder why people love them so much. Plus, part of the proceeds from every box go to the Cold Case Foundation, an organization that is dedicated to helping with real-life cold cases. So I love a game night, whether it's in quarantine or out of quarantine, and Hunt a Killer is just like a fresh new vibe that, like, you get new shipments. It just, it never ends. It's not like, you know, everyone goes home and the game's over. No, like, the game stays with you. Yeah. Right now, just for our listeners, you can go to huntakiller.com slash toast and use promo code toast at checkout for 20% off your first box. Head to huntakiller.com slash toast for 20% off to show your support for our podcast. Huntakiller.com slash toast. Thank you, Huntaquila, for sponsoring today's episode. Love it. Sign
1: on, Huntakiller. Okay. Yes. First, Story, the big story of the weekend, Alex Cooper has spoken. Um, Friday night, she dropped like a 30-minute video, 9 p.m. We were all there, ready, willing, and able, explaining her side, her and Sophia's side, until they split, but their side of what's been going on with the Caller Daddy Negotiations. Uh, she did a really great job of explaining herself, and the moral of the story is that she's going to see you fuckers on Wednesday, because she is now going to host the podcast
0: without Sophia Franklin. So before we dive into the semantics, I have to say like, what a well done video. Like, I love that she came with an outline. She came with notes because when you're going through like a big scandal and you can't really speak on things, it is infuriating to see people in Reddit groups, Facebook groups, like speaking on your name as if they know everything. Like, as it's a matter of fact, they're like, well, I have a friend whose sister's friends with Alex and she said that Alex is like hey. Like, you don't fucking know anything. And it's infuriating to see misinformation be spread about you. And like, no one questions it. So I love that she just like attacked every fucking rumor because it's infuriating to be in that position. And I totally respected that. I thought it was such a well done video. And it really cemented for me like what I thought before, like everyone in this situation did what they thought was right. Whether or not people agree with that, like they all had their own motives, whether it was get back to Barstool, get away from Barstool or Dave, keep this show at Barstool. Like he was very amenable in the negotiations, which was shocking. Like I feel now stronger more than ever. Everyone just had different goals and everybody was doing what they thought was best for themselves.
1: Right. No one like lost their mind, went crazy, got so greedy. We'll talk about like the I think the most interesting part, which is like where her and Sophia really differed and how really now at the end of the day, like they are not coming back together, which I just think is so crazy. I can't believe we're in this place, but I also understand it based on everything that she said. Um, And I thought, I agree with you. I thought the video was completely well done. I'm not left with really questions on her side. I of course am left with questions on Sophia's side. um, And I would love for her to make a similar video. And I just don't think we're gonna get that from her. I don't know why, but I just feel like we're not.
0: I, I agree. I feel the same sentiment. Part of me feels like she has just kind of given up.
1: Yeah, me too. I mean, if she doesn't want to get back into this business, then she doesn't need to make a video. But if she like wants to be in the public arena, then she needs to do
0: public image work. Yeah, like PR. Um, but let's talk about some of the semantics, because what I found to be most interesting and I think maybe was the the reason for the whole divide is that when their renegotiation and so by the way people were um were coming at us last week for us saying that like they're breaking their contract they're just like an athlete you can't and it's like no actually Alex cleared it up in the video they were up for renegotiation it was time to negotiate they didn't just decide one day like we want more money like it was time
1: Yeah, well, their contract wasn't up, but they had the opportunity to renegotiate. And when they came initially back in the fall with their Peter Nelson's term sheets that were absurd, they still should have gotten a raise. And I do think, I understand like Dave is running a business, like it is not a charity. And if he can get away with paying these girls less than industry standard he is going to but like they deserved a raise at that point and if they had gotten that raise like I don't think this would have gotten so bad but like for everyone and especially for like Sophia and Peter who yes I know that like he is the villain of the story but he is in the industry and he does see that his girlfriend hosts the number two podcast in the world and is making a base before she hits her job out of the park a base of $75,000 a year it's a joke and even Alex addressed that like everybody in the sports world like knew that their contract was a joke.
0: Right. So at the end of the day, I feel like what it all really came down to is that Alex w- wanted to stay at Barstool from the beginning. And Sophia kind of went into this whole thing just not interested in, in continuing with Barstool for whatever reason, whether it was money or whether it was just like, she didn't like the vibe. Like- Yeah. Yeah. It's not for everyone.
1: No, I agree. Alex wanted to make it work with Barstool and Sophia got a taste of freedom and and she wanted to ride that wave. Now I want to ask you something because I was talking about this with Zach on Friday night because he watched the video and he asked me, what would you have done in this situation? Like say it had gotten to this place of the roof deal. One of us wants to go on our own and the other wants to stay at Barstool and take this deal. Like What, what, or not even that, which one, which path would you have wanted?
0: You and I were in a very similar situation when our show, The Morning Breath, got canceled at Verizon. We didn't have a choice. We couldn't stay at Verizon, so it was made for us. And at the end of the day, because we're sisters, we wouldn't have split up. Like, that's just not how we were raised. Like, we have to do everything together. So it was probably going to be whatever you wanted to do because you're smarter than me. And I would have just said yes. But if I was, like, alone or I was, if I was in this position, I don't know because when I was listening to Alex, I was like, you know, there's so many benefits of being at Barstool. And Dave was incredibly amenable in the negotiations. Like, when he offered them 500,000 and then more points on merch and alcohol. Like I probably would have taken that good deal, but I have an agent. I have lawyers. Like that's the way you do business outside of Barstool because Barstool is its own like incubator of weirdness. But outside of Barstool, just like in podcasting, you have a lawyer, you have a business manager, you have a team of agents. Like that's how it works. That's what we both have. So I don't fault Sophia for like surrounding herself with those types of people because that's what podcasters do. Every successful podcaster I know has a full team of people. I'm just saying that.
1: Right. And I know it's been made to seem like Sophia and her demands were so crazy. And I do think there's two things happening. One, like she was just trying to get more and more and more, maybe because she wanted to get them to a point of not even having a deal so that they wouldn't have a choice but to go out on their own. But also like Sophia brought in William Morris, WME, and like those are our agents and they do deals for us all the time. And like they ask for things that we would never think to ask for ourselves, but that are actually so important and like really raise the quality of your contract. So I don't think that they came in and just started asking for outlandish stuff. Like they've never done a deal for us where they're just putting things in that don't actually benefit us in the long run.
0: Yes, I could see how they would appear to be outlandish in Barstool world where nobody has an agent. They all just negotiate themselves and like certain things that they probably WME like brought up to Barstool had never been brought up before, but that's because that's like the type of atmosphere they've successfully created. It's like everyone who works there is just on board. They wanna fight the good fight. Like they believe in the message of Barstool and that's great, but when you get an agent, they're like, well, this is not how things are done for other podcast networks, so. Right. I don't know if like, I I can't identify why I feel the way that I feel. And part of me just like aches for Sophia. And I think it might just be because like I have been canceled. And sometimes I I just automatically side with the person who got canceled because it's never what people think. And at the end of the day, I know people who are huge fans of the podcast were like devastated about this break. And I get that. And I respect that. But at the end of the day, like, is it worth bullying someone online? Is it worth someone trying to ruin someone's life just because you're upset about a podcast. Like, I personally just don't think so. So I think part of me is always just going to side with the underdog because I have been the underdog. But at the end of the day, like, I probably would have taken the rooftop deal.
1: Yeah. And I think at the end of the day, they should have prioritized being together. Like, the mentality, especially Sophia, like, knowing now what we know, which is that, Alex did a lot of the like all of the editing and a lot of it was on Alex's back. And Sophia brought so much like personality to the show, but when it comes to like, who can do this show on their own, it's really Alex. So like Sophia had to be like a little bit more amenable to what Alex wanted and Mm -hmm. I, if I were Sophia, it would have been like, I would rather be back at Barstool than have no show at all. And she chose to fold instead of make yeah. it work. And when now she wants to make it work, the scooter bra and stuff we need to talk about. It's too little, too late. Alex has already made the very difficult decision to put this show on her back alone, made that public already. Like, you don't go back on that. And also, once you decide, oh, wow, I just went from having, f- I, w- I just went from having 3% of Call Her Daddy to 50% of Call Daddy to 100% of Call Her Daddy. Why am I going to give that up again when I've just realized within myself that I can do this? And she can,
0: by the way. I think the show, the numbers will remain. She's a star. She's a star.
1: She's a star. She can do it. I think this might be the beginning of something like even bigger for her. It'll go. It's going to be either something bigger or it'll always be Call Her Daddy without Sophia. But I do think that she has the stuff to be like a female Howard Stern.
0: I completely agree. I think she's going to be fine. The show's going to be fine. It's probably going to be better than it ever was just because of the press this story got. And now so many people are just tuning in because they're curious and they'll stay there because she's hilarious and she's beautiful and she's charismatic and she has, you know, uniqueness, nerve, and talent. Like, she'll be fine.
1: Yeah, no, the the next episode and the next few are going to be like their biggest episodes yet. But let's talk in six months. Like, I think she'll be fine in six months, but that will be the real determining factor. Right now, the whole world is invested in this story. Like, of course, Wednesday's episode is going to be like, no, crazy. she'll be
0: fine. From from the video, it was very clear to me that Alex's number one priority is the podcast and the listeners. Like and that's really if you're going to launch a successful podcast, that has to be your goal. It can't be money, fame, stardom. Like it really has to be like the content and the community, and if you don't focus on that, like you're not going to succeed. So I like had so much faith in Alex after watching the video because I feel like her priorities are in check. Of course, she needs to look out for number one, like get herself paid, of course. But her real, it really came through that, like, her number one priority and her focus on, in this whole thing is just getting a good podcast out, getting the episodes churned out on time, edited properly, getting involved with the community, like, making sure the listeners are taken care of, and to me, that's what, that makes a good podcaster.
1: I agree, and now I think the place where, she didn't completely drag Sophia, I didn't think at all, um, But the things that Sophia, if she cares, would need to answer for is like this feeling of like they never, she never wanted the deal to work out in the first place. Yet every time Alex would explain like what Sophia was working towards, they were actually legitimate deal points. And I think Sophia and her posse wound up getting Alex an incredible deal by doing all of that negotiating. So I think that Sophia just needs to, like if she wanted to, if she cared to, to make a video and explain like what she was trying to do. Like, yeah, they keep saying she would do this and then she wanted that. Explain what those things were because the few explanations we got from Alex seemed like you had very legitimate points.
0: Yes, and at the end of the day, all of her crazy like moving the goalpost got Alex, she didn't realize she was doing it at the time, but she really just got Alex a better deal.
1: The deal she got Alex Peter Nelson's deal,
0: the deal Just of a lifetime,
1: a hundred percent for herself, right. So okay, so now yesterday, Dave shared that Scooter Braun called Erica, asking yeah. for um this is paraphrasing but pretty much asking to let Sophia back in fifty percent of call her daddy. I guess Scooter Braun is a friend of Peter Nelson's, and he thought like calling in the big dogs this favor would get her her job back he must be feeling horrible
0: well what was interesting was that scooter Braun responded and was like uh this is actually not what happened um and then he deleted his tweets so like i wasn't sure if we should believe it because if you delete something does that mean it's not true and then scooter Braun called dave directly and dave said he does not want to be a part of this drama i promised him i would like leave his name out of my mouth for the remainder of this so i don't really know if what um if what Scooter called the CEO of Barstool for was about Sophia I mean I could see how it would be like friend of Peter Nelson hey you're more famous than me can you hook it up I need your help and you would think that like Dave would like kowtow to like manager to the stars Scooter Braun but that's why I fucking love Dave he's like who the fuck are you no like I'm tweeting this Scooter Braun
1: called Scooter Braun called
0: (laughs) right like that's why he's iconic like if Scooter called me like I would shut the fuck up and like do whatever he said you know because I'm a loser and I have no principles but like I love that even though it's not for everyone like I love that Dave has principles and he's like no I'm fucking tweeting this.
1: Yeah it was really funny I'm impressed with um Suitman that he's friends with Skirapron though. I know like the more I hear about Suitman the more I'm
0: like hmm eligible. Harvard. (laughs) (laughs) HBO. (laughs) I just well, refuse to hate Suitman as much as the world does, but maybe that's my inherent, you know, need to nurture people who are being canceled. Like, maybe that's inside me, or maybe I truly believe, like, he was just trying to help his friend, his, his girlfriend and their friend, like, get a better deal on their amazing podcast. I don't know, but either way, I just refuse to blame it all on one man. I agree, but I do feel like in watching Alex's video, like, I was Putting myself in Sophia's
1: shoes, and I feel like she got to a place where the, the barstool deal was good, and she felt like she had to choose between like barstool and Dave, and Suit Man and like industry standard. And there was no way, there was no there like. And I know it's, she's choosing a, a man over her relationship, but like they're in a very serious relationship. Like there was no way that she was going to choose Dave over her boyfriend. Yeah. It wasn't a matter of choosing Alex
0: over Suit Man. It was choosing right. Dave. You know. Yeah honestly the vibe that I got was just like Sophia did not want to be at Barstool anymore. Yeah,
1: I agree but like her dislike of Barstool needed to be
0: less than her love of working with Alex. Right. You you really hit the nail on the head when if their priority the whole time had been presenting a united front regardless of whether they were disagreeing internally. Like they just needed to present a united front to both the industry and Barstool to get what they wanted. Um in the minute that they showed the world that, like, they were divided. Like, that was the beginning of the end.
1: A hundred percent. And you know what? I, I completely understand also, though, Alex going off on her own. Like, Sophia and her- Of course. Posse of lawyers and agents are fucking with Alex's money now. And at that point, it's like, okay, you might ruin this deal. I'm going to snatch it.
0: Like No, and that's why this whole situation's so frustrating. I don't fault anyone. Like, I think everyone really did what they thought was best for their career, for their- Lives like I, I think what Dave did was very respectful. Like, he gave the girls a great deal and kept agreeing to their list of demands. I thought Alex eventually taking the deal was what she thought was best. I think Sophia holding out was what she thought was best. Like, I don't think anybody intentionally crossed anyone here.
1: No, but sometimes a bad deal is better than no deal, and that would be like right now. Yeah,
0: because Alex
1: is left. Beth is saying that the bad deal is better than no deal. I don't know. Or is a no deal is better than a bad deal. I think it's a bad deal is better than no deal. I think that's the same.
0: I don't know. Sometimes I think a no deal is better than a bad deal. I've I've had some bad deals. But then you get
1: nothing. Like,
0: hold on, let me look it up. Bad deal. Yeah, but sometimes what you get from a bad deal isn't worth your time and energy and happiness that you put into it.
1: Okay. Harvard politics says no deal is better than a bad deal.
0: Yeah, I agree.
1: (laughs) Okay. Well, I the opposite for this.
0: Yeah, actually, well, it's a great, Sophia.
1: it wasn't a no deal, because it's a great deal for Sophia, for Alex. For
0: Alex, yeah. I mean, this whole thing just makes me sad, like, they're really good friends, they're roommates, like, what is going on with the apartment? Like, I'm sure they're quarantined elsewhere, but like, what are they going to do about rent? That's what I really needed the video to address, like, the logistics of, like, breaking up with your best friend, who's also your roommate.
1: Oh, no. I feel like that's pretty simple because um, now Alex is a millionaire and she can go get a new place. And also like Sophia could like live with Sue man for a little bit while they work it out. I'm concerned. But so they're still going to pay rent. Oh, maybe one of them will keep the apartment. Maybe Alex, I think Alex will move out with her new paycheck. Um, But my concern is what is Sophia going to do for work?
0: Yeah. I mean, she has 800,000 followers and she's losing followers, but after all this is done, she'll have around 800,000 followers. And to, that is a career, whether you like it or not. Like you can make a living off of that. Whether or not she wants to dive into like launching another podcast and being a full-time influencer, I don't know. Like is her life with Man enough? Like sometimes love is all you really need. Yeah. When you're dating a rich man.
1: That's true. Well, I hope that he keeps his job and that they stay together.
0: Yeah. And this just has been so crazy to me what the craziest part is like seeing people on like twitter and 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 even in the toast facebook groups being like i know alex's sister's roommate's brother's mother and she said this he she said peter nelson's getting fired it's like you don't know anything
1: yeah no and i think that if peter nelson was gonna get fired it would have already happened because now like things are pretty quiet and maybe sophia won't put out a video just
0: because she wants them to remain quiet you know? Yeah. yeah. And she just wants it all to end. I know what that feeling is. Like, you just want everyone to stop talking about you.
1: Yeah. And if she, like, I mean, obviously people are going to talk about the next episode, but then this saga will have come to an end.
0: Um, right. And when, and if she releases a video, it just drudges up the news cycle and again. And then Dave and it's responds like, to that and yeah. then he starts posting and I, more videos. And I understand like wanting to clear your name, but sometimes like it's just not worth it. Yeah. Which is a terrible position to be in. Yeah. So I actually don't think we're going to get um, a statement from her. Because I also understand. I don't think Alex was really like lying or, or leaning. or I don't think her video was biased. I thought it was very fair.
1: I thought it was fair too. I think Alex did a good job of speaking for Sophia up until a point. Um, and then there's like a few things that Sophia could clarify, but it, I don't think that it's
0: worth it for her to bring so- it back up. Well, I have loved recapping this story. Like, I love podcast news. I'm so sorry that, like, a friendship was broken in the midst. But, like, I just – I'm loving, you know, podcasts being top priority in the news cycle because we deserve respect.
1: Yeah, I agree. I think this really took the whole podcast world by storm. It showed that there is a podcast world. People are interested in it. And um,
0: these girls are just so interesting. Honestly, I think you and I should split up because, like, we need that kind of press.
1: We do need that kind of press, but we need someone who would be like narrating it. Maybe Snatchler being like, "Oh my god, emergency press conference!" Like,
0: <laughs> oh, oh yeah, we would need like a Dave.
1: Yeah, she'll be like, "I offered them a better deal on my roof, and they just did not take
0: it." No, that's what we were doing on the roof. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I can't. Okay, are you ready it's for important. our next story? I don't know. If yes, ready. I think we beat
0: this horse into the ground.
1: Yeah, we'll let you know. I'm excited to listen to Alex's episode me too okay next story another shocker Riverdale's Cole Sprouse and Lily Reinhardt have split again sources say
0: they're so messy like I don't I I used to like read a headline about whether or not they were broken up or getting back together and I would feel something you know I feel nothing I'm flatlined I don't give a shit when you're like in the news so much like we broke up Brian Austin Green uh Megan Fox Kelly like that whole like in and we out of it we're together we're not like I'm done you lost me after two fake breakups like I'm officially out it's gonna be a no from me
1: what this says to me it's like he's always going against the haters like stop talking about us. stop saying we broke up we didn't break up we're together and now like this official breakup that's literally everywhere it's not just rumors it's like reported as real news um it just goes to show that all those other rumors were true you know No, uh, by the way totally Like, when he wrote his whole Instagram letter about, like, he not tolerating negative comments, like, because people were saying he was, like, with Kaya Gerber or something. I don't know. But this now, today, makes me think all of that was true.
0: Yeah. And you know what? When you are so private about your relationship, which everyone is entitled to, some people, like, love to Instagram story everything about the relationship and let people in. But when you don't, like, I stop caring. Like, I just don't really feel... And maybe it's also because I stopped watching Riverdale, so, like, I never got to see their chemistry anymore. Like, I just, these are two people I genuinely don't care about.
1: Um, yeah. I've already, like, made, I've, what's the word? I've come to terms with the fact that they're, like, not OTP because OTP doesn't keep breaking up and getting back together. Um, And so now having this confirmation, like, I feel prepared for the news.
0: Yeah, I don't know if I ever thought they were OTP because they just seemed so different to me. And I felt like in a lot of ways, like, Lily was becoming – I mean, by the way, and I know nothing about them. I just felt like Lily was becoming the girlfriend that he needed because he's so weird in particular. That's just the vibe that I get. And I just feel like she needs – she needs to be free. She's, like, kind of particular too, though. But I just feel like he was, like, in charge of the particularities. Do you know what I
1: mean? Yeah, I'm just worried now because I really like Bughead as a couple on the show, mostly because it leaves both of them too busy to bother um, Archie and Veronica, who I ship more than anything, Varchi. And so now that they're broken up in real life, I feel like Ryder Ross might break them up on the show because like, it's not believable anymore. He goes by like what's going on. like Even Veronica started dating um, Reggie yeah, when they were dating. And so like, now as Betty single, I just see her going after Archie, and that's just like, not going to work for my Varchi Stanhood
0: by the way, that is so true. And I think writer Ross is a genius on many fronts, but one, because he leans into real life. We've said here many times, like what makes a great franchise is true chemistry. And that leads me to something I wanted to talk about later, which is normal people. Um, watch talk um, about it. Oh, you did.
1: I watched the first five episodes because, um, you, I heard actually great things and I read the book and I didn't love the book, but I heard and the show is better than the book.
0: I would say, like, 75% of why I thought the show was so fantastic was because um, Marianne and Connell had such crazy chemistry. Like, I felt like sometimes I was watching porn. Like, they had to have been fucking in real life. Like, there's no way you can have chemistry. I'm sorry. Neither of them are that good of actors. Like, they had to have had something in real life because there was this electricity between them. Wow. Okay. I look forward to hearing your full recap. Yeah. I have a lot of thoughts on normal people. Next story
1: Grimes and Elon Musk changed their baby's name from what it was before to comply with the law. (laughs) Uh, Grimes and Elon Musk have changed their baby boy's name, the Misanthropocene singer said, after it failed to comply with California law. The 32 year old new mom shared the news on Instagram after a follower asked her what the baby's new name was. She answered with a different name that is confusing to read Roman numerals, looks better, TBH.
0: Uh, She said she removed the numbers to conform to California law. You're only allowed to have one dash in your name, according to California State, so that's why her two-dash name was not going to work.
1: No, 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 I think it's that, they had the numbers 12, they had 1, 2, uh, 12 in the first name, but you can't have numbers in a name, so they changed it to XII, which is 12 in Roman numeral.
0: But I also heard it had something to do with the number of dashes. Huh. That's
1: what I read. Interesting. This is you like know, the I craziest story.
0: I know. I mean, this is just like when you're such an artist, you don't think about the logistics of the law. You know, you can't be held back by those types of like arbitrary laws. You know, I totally understand how this happened.
1: The law and the art just do not mix.
0: No, because you know what they say: art is just lawlessness.
1: Yeah, the law is reason free from art.
0: (sighs) You did not just quote that. Yes, that was a great quote.
1: What is it? Law
0: is free from reason.
1: yeah i think so or yeah something or or love hold on let me google it google's my i love the way the professor in legally blonde says it from passion the law is
0: passion (laughs) yeah reason from passion aristotle (laughs) Aristotle, that's such an iconic scene in legally blonde. And then that tall guy who helps her get her books at the library, like he was the real hero of that movie. But
1: honestly, that's what she was saying. Passion is art. The law is reason free from art.
0: The law is reason free from passion. It's so fucking true. Like, oh my god, honestly, I'm making that my Instagram bio. That's so funny. Hold on, give me one second. Should I do it on Claude with No Job or Girl with No Job? I think girl with no job. Like I think a wider audience needs to be like every-
1: my girl with no job one the everyday implications of this phrase like it's law is what reason free from
0: (laughs) (laughs) period or no period
1: i think no period like open-ended is it a sentence is it a complete sentence or is it's up to
0: interpretation right saved oh my god that is so fucking funny claudia that's beautiful Thank you for reminding me, everyone. Please make sure you pre-ordered my comedy special. It is available for pre-order on iTunes. It is $12.99. You can click the link in my bio, Girl With No Job. You can also take a look at my new Instagram bio while you're there. Head over to iTunes. Buy it. Support, please. I'm an up-and-coming comedian, and I could use the support of my fellow humanitarians. Love it.
1: Okay, you ready for our next
0: story? I, I love how Love It has become a way for you to be like, cool, shut the fuck up. We're moving on.
1: It's just like hard on Zoom to, you know, to like the way that we used to just like filter out of conversations, like that would require a lot of talking on top of each other. So it's very like call and response on Zoom. And I know it sounds like I'm being short, but I am short. I understand. You know? hmm Because we could keep going back and forth like this, but then it's just like.
0: No, you can move on.
1: We need structure. love yeah. it. Love it. Love it. Okay. Ready for our next story? I love it. Taylor Swift hypes Killing Eve cover of her song, but who is Jax Leopard? The queen of pop took to social media on Sunday night to express excitement over her song, "Look What You Made Me Do, appearing in the psycho, psycho thriller series, though not performed by Swift herself. Rather, an unknown group, Jack Leopards and the Dolphin Club, was credited with the soundtrack recording. She tweeted that she's very stoked that the band covered her song. But the fact that there is no historical record of this musical group having ever existed outside the BBC series and that Niall Sodjberg, the songwriting pseudonym Swift used on Calvin Harris's This Is What You Came For, is credited on the soundtrack has inspired the latest raging Twitter conspiracy among Swifties.
0: It's not a conspiracy theory. It's 100% true. Taylor Swift's pseudonym, Niles Scoberg, which is like a, a pseudonym she uses, is listed as one of the producers. The album cover and the, the band's logo is the picture of a kid, and it's a picture of her brother, Austin Swift. It's like a famous picture. Well, not famous, but it's like a Swifties know the picture. He's wearing a striped shirt. It's 100% or it's not a theory. It's true. RSK, and it now. sense. And, and it makes sense because- This is a song that she released when she was under Big Machine, so she isn't able to re-release and re-record her old music until November of 2020. So until then, she has to get creative, and this is how she got creative. I think it's Jack Antonoff and maybe her brother singing on it. Maybe it has nothing to do with her brother, but Jack Antonoff is involved. She definitely produced it, but because she is not really involved, it's some roundabout way of, like, cutting Big Machine out of the picture completely, which is pretty smart. Yeah, that is pretty smart. Loophole season... Yeah, she's getting creative. I mean, she's bored in quarantine, and this shows it.
1: Yeah. And, like, cool for her brother. He'll probably make some
0: good money. Uh-huh. Yeah. He's a cutie. Like, I need, I need one of my friends to date him. That's, like, my aunt, I think. Yeah. Good luck.
1: Yeah. None of my friends are single. <laughs> okay, ready for our next story? Love it. Real Housewives of Beverly Hills star Garcelle Beauvais' eldest son ties the knot in a little white chapel ceremony. Oh, no way. Marcel Boubeau is officially a mother-in-law. The Real House as a Beverly Hills star announced on Sunday that her eldest son, Oliver Saunders, tied the knot with his fiance, Sam, amid the coronavirus pandemic. Congratulations, Oliver and Sam. Welcome to the family, she wrote on Instagram, alongside three photos, including, including a smiling shot of Oliver and Sam and the couple standing with their children. Boubeau also shared a snap of the newlyweds at a little white chapel where they stood next to one another in front of a walk-up window and under a sign that reads, The Little White Wedding Chapel drive-through
0: window. Oh, that is so cute. I love Garcelle. Any simcha for her is a simcha for the world. So I'm just wishing her and her family a lifetime of happiness. I
1: completely agree. And I love a chapel wedding in these times. Like I love people who are getting creative and that are still choosing to get married um, in different sorts of ways. And
0: I I love it. Yeah, me and Ben were having this conversation, um, like, if we were in this position, what would we do? And I, what I said, and I think I really meant it, is I would definitely get married legally, so, like, go to a little White Chapel or just go to City Hall or whatever's open, um, just so I didn't have to, like, delay the start of my marriage, but then, after, like, a year, I would throw a mighty, like, a fucking rager.
1: Yeah. I I agree with that. That's what I would do. Great. Well... Maybe we could still throw a rager anyway. Oh,
0: no, I'm in. I know. I just I can't wait for that day. Cannot wait to be raging. Like, block party, go to the club. I don't care if I'm staying out to the break of dawn. Give me ecstasy. Like, I'll do anything.
1: Uh, those were the five stories. So you needed oh. to know
0: them, and now you do. Um, so let's dive into our TV recap segment. I have so many things, but let's talk about normal people first, since we both started it. I won't spoil it for you, but you read the book, I- and it's pretty much... It really is true to the book, down to conversations, and and they
1: haven't added, like, Little Fires Everywhere, just, like, complete storylines that didn't exist. Like, everything is pretty much by the book.
0: Yeah, I mean, I didn't know what it was about. It just came very highly recommended to me. So when I put it on, I thought it was, like, an Irish high school drama, like Irish Riverdale, and I was so excited. And then, like, after the third episode, they're in college, which I just thought was so annoying. And I get that it takes – it takes – a like, the the, the – story is reflective of, like, a long period of time, but I just wanted more, like, high school dance drama. Like, I never got to see her, like, graduate, you know? Yeah,
1: no, it definitely wasn't the Irish high school drama. (laughs) No, I thought it was Irish before. And also, like, it's just so crazy, like, their high school scenes are so sad because she was such... A pariah in high school, a social pariah. But then you go to college, and it just—it's such—it's so fucking true. Like the people who were not cool so in high true. school, fucking thrive in college. And like you look at Connell in high school and the soccer in his sh- little short shorts, you're like, oh my god, that's the hottie of all hotties. It's rugby, then, it's rugby. Then sitting in a college
0: classroom, it's like, why would I look at him? No, so true. Like it's like your your social currency like changes overnight, and people don't know how to exchange the currency. No. And it's like high school is all about looks and
1: really college is all about your personality. It's crazy. It's like people just get yeah. to college, maybe because it's all the people who like hated high school being about looks. So they're just deciding like, we're going to value people for who they are, not what they look like. You know, it's a beautiful thing.
0: No, it's a beautiful thing, but it's a
1: crazy phenomenon. Like a, a guy graduating high school, like feels so cool. Cause he's like captain of the rugby team. And then he goes to college mm-hmm. and nobody gives a shit about him.
0: Yeah, I hated that Marianne kept referring to herself as ugly in high school because she just grew out her bangs. Like she was exactly the same. She was always a pretty girl. Um, To me, like the best part of the show was the two of them together. It was also the worst part of the show because this is like what this show should have been called when two introverts fall in love because they just couldn't properly communicate. And so many of like their tiffs, like when when she thought he was breaking up with her for the summer and he was just asking to move in, like and they ended up breaking up for a whole year just because of the miscommunication. Like that was infuriating. So seeing them together attempt to communicate was the worst part of the show, but them together was the best part of the show because they had this real off-air and on-air chemistry. Like, it was so palpable. I thought they were great together. Like, I just wanted them to keep fucking. Like, it was really a porno. Oh, and so when I'm watching a show, I, I, like, can't follow the people on Instagram. I don't want to spoil it. So the second it's over, I, like, always go on Instagram and, like, Google and see what happened, and there was, like, a big scandal that, like, someone put together a compilation, like, a 20-minute video of all their sex scenes and put it on Pornhub and Netflix and everyone like had to get involved in getting it taken down because it's such a like a disgrace to their artwork you know
1: yeah but it really like was super porny like at first I was surprised that we were getting like high school nipple from her I was like oh wow (laughs) like I'm like I'm not mad about it but that's just interesting like usually we just like cut above the nip whatever Mm -hmm. I got comfortable with the nipple like so excited so here for it and then like we just see his penis
0: no, Oh, 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 I mean, and I know it's such a double standard to, like, not really wince at an nipple, but then, like, see a penis and, like, die, but that's just, like, the standard of the industry. It's, like, you don't see penises. No,
1: but I also haven't seen vagina yet, so I saw, I don't know if I'm gonna see it. Um, I'm not gonna see it, so. Oh, actually, yeah, you do see her bush, like, twice. Okay, so, like, I just hadn't seen that yet, and I thought we were just, like, an only nipple show. And then, like, there was just a scene of them laying, and it's not like his penis needed to be out, but, like, they chose for it to be out, and I was just really shook. And, again, here for it, like, do your thing. I just – when I was reading the book, I just – they never said, like, and you're going to see his penis.
0: (laughs) No, I know. it's it's It shouldn't be so jarring, because, like, we see women's bodies on TV all the time, but, like, seeing a penis is just, like – it's honestly, like – it's it's like an assault on the eyes. Like, it's just, you're not expecting it. It's so, like, pointy. And you're just like, well
1: No, and it's like, sometimes they always want to show, like, tits and vagina. And sometimes in order to show the vagina, like, you have to skirt around the penis. And, and, and they, then they always and skirt they do. around. And they always skirt around. So, like, just to see, like, the penis, like, in its natural environment, like, when nobody, like, was needed to see it, you know, like it wasn't collateral damage. You
0: <laughs> know, I understand. Like we have been so trained by the patriarchy just to like skirt around the penis. And so for them to have shown it to us in a scene where it wasn't necessarily even a factor, like it wasn't, they were just laying on the bed. I know what you mean. It's very shocking. But like, you know they what? Like, decided, they
1: woke up that morning and said, Hey, I think I'll show a penis today.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, literally in the Game of Thrones entire series, there was one penis when Arya goes backstage at that yeah.
1: And it, like, took the world by storm, even though we saw – It shouldn't be that big
0: of a deal. Like, just show the penis.
1: Yeah. No, and I I guess that's what normal people are trying to do. It's like normal people have penises.
0: Yeah, they do. And so the show – I mean, the ending, like, I guess it's up to interpretation because when I put it on my Instagram story, I got, like, so many people who were like, it means this, and then other people were like – What did you
1: say? I tapped through because it was a spoiler alert and just in case, but then I heard the ending is the same as the book. So what did you say?
0: Spoiler alert – I thought that the ending, they're they are not together anymore. Um, they're not going to be together in the future. It was like, they both serve the purpose for each other of like, he kind of got her out of this very dark place. She like showed him what love is. And they both like, they serve their purpose for one another and they can go on with their lives. And... Use what they learned in this relationship in the future, and some people thought that like it was left open that they're going to get back together when he comes back to New York. Um, I just when I watched it, I just felt like this makes no sense. Like they were genuinely in love, like she didn't really have anything holding her back in Ireland. Like, why couldn't she go with him? They were so in love, like it just didn't make sense to me,
1: yeah. And that's pretty much how the book ends, too. But just the way that I read it was like, there they're meant for each other they're going to end up together they're always on and off due to like life circumstances this is just another off period but like I see them being together in the end but he's gonna go and like do his thing um you know because he's not gonna like just give up a great opportunity for her but she'll be there for him when he gets back even if she's in another relationship like you know it they'll break up and they'll get back together because that's just what they do
0: yeah I just wish there was more like um of a concrete answer. Like, I hate when people leave things open to their interpretation. Like, just tell me what the fuck happened.
1: Yeah, I can understand that, how that's frustrating.
0: But when I read it in the book, I just didn't really care. I was over it. Yeah, no, by the end, I was like kind of over it. It was really frustrating to see them like just not be able to get it together. Yeah,
1: that is really always frustrating, especially in a show. Like, that was kind of like that movie we watched Love Rosie
0: oh okay so it reminded me of love rosie so much maybe it was because it was like both in europe but like the whole vibe was so similar like they kept missing each other they were definitely the right people for each other they were on cobblestone streets in europe it gave me so much love rosie vibe
1: yeah i i feel that when you read that sort of story in a book though it's not as annoying as when you watch it in a show that's possible it was like exhausting in the show Yeah, I'm only halfway through, so I'll let you know what I think about the rest of it tomorrow. Just want to give a book update, because that's what I've been doing reading. I finished the Southern Book Club's Guide to Slaying Vampires, and it was fucking weird and so creepy and gross at times but if you're into like weird stuff which a lot of people are um I would recommend it it was a fun one it was an easy read I'm ultimately so glad I did not choose it for the redheads you guys would have murdered me um and then I also started the most fun we ever had by Claire Lombardo it's really long but so far it's really cute and I'm just like taking my time with it and enjoying it so that's that's it on that Yeah.
0: Um, so for me, I watched so much fucking TV and it was really the weekend of Hulu. Like I didn't get off Hulu. I watched Dave, which is all on Hulu. It was like short and sweet. Ben really liked it. It was funny. Um, it's one of those shows where it's like, you like everything about the show except the main character. Like Dave is just so fucking annoying and he thinks that he's the greatest rapper of all time. And he's just like, he's funny. Is that
1: the one with um, that guy? Lil Dicky. Yes.
0: Yeah, it's nice. like about him. He plays little Dicky. His name is Dave. It's all about like him becoming a rapper. I'm sure like some of the stories are definitely rooted in fact. It's just it's infuriating to watch. Like he's so annoying and he just makes the worst decisions. That's really annoying. But they have so many famous people on it, like Kourtney Kardashian. Charlemagne was like they went to the Breakfast Club. Like it was cool to see so many like real rappers and celebrities. But it was just infuriating. Damn.
1: Okay, I'm not going to watch that. I had no plans to. No. I'm sorry that you I watched season
0: four of Working Moms, and it was fine. Like, it was just – it got me through the day. It, it was fine. It wasn't amazing. I just liked the show. It was fine. That's all I have to say. But what I really came on this show this morning to talk about was The Handmaid's Tale, because I started it. Okay. I started one episode, and I was like, you know what? I'm not going to watch this. It gave me such a pit. Like, like the show, it's just about this, like, fucked up cult. And of course. And it really – aches at your heart and so I wasn't gonna watch it anymore but something just kept like I kept thinking like I wonder what June's doing like I just I really wanted to know more so I made the decision to watch a couple episodes last night then came in around the fifth episode and it was such a mistake to let him watch with me because I just find it annoying when people ask so many questions so before we watched I gave him like the whole spiel like they're in this cold they took over the country blah 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 Ben is just getting lost in the minutia of the cult. He's like, well, how did they move into this house if they were in a cult? I'm like, it doesn't matter. Like he was just being so specific, like not even about the storyline, just about like the logistics of how the cult took over, which they don't tell you yet. Like it was just, I'm like, Ben, we don't know. Shut the fuck up. He was bothering me so much. And now he was, he is like a very sensitive soul, you know, so he couldn't sleep all night because it's such a fucked up show. And he literally like came in this morning and he was like, I can't believe you made me watch that show. It broke my spirit.
1: Okay. Now I have a question for you. Like, why did you, were you even tempted to watch one episode? Like, if I had to think of, like, the least you show I could think of in the universe, it would be The Handmaid's Tale.
0: I know. And my anxiety and, like, my battle with mental health is so bad in quarantine. Like, I really shouldn't watch it. But I'm just, like, I'm kind of intrigued. And I watched it because I want something that I can be invested in. Like, I'm watching a 30-minute show, Dave, Working Mom. It's nothing. It's, like, silly. And this is definitely, like, a a commentary on something. I can't figure out what it is. It's about a, it's based on a book that was written in the 80s. So a lot of people want to say it's like a commentary on like the current climate around women's reproductive issues because the whole thing is like you join the cult and the fertile women like have to give birth for all the masters. It's so fucked up. Like so but this was written in the 80s and I'm not getting that vibe. A lot of people are telling me that it's a commentary on like an extreme version of Amish and polygamy cults. I don't know. Ben came up with a theory now it's definitely wrong but it really made you think and I think that's why he was so taken by it because like you could think whatever you want the woman who wrote it said that like everything that happens in the show has happened in history at least once so it's like a culmination of all the most fucked up things happening in history but Ben really I think he nailed what the show is a representation of and it sounded silly at first Okay, so let me just tell you what the cult is before. If you're going to watch the show, like, maybe don't listen, but I'm not spoiling anything. The whole show is, like, back to traditional. The cult is, like, traditional values. The men are in charge, and the women live at home and just are birthing out children. But a lot of the powerful women are barren, and so they have the handmaids, which are basically, like, all the fertile young women who give birth and basically get raped once a month by the commanders in order to get them pregnant. And then they, they get the girls pregnant, and they pretend like it's the wife's kid when it's not. It's a Handmaid's Kid, but they give up all. It's just it's all about reproductive rights. So Ben really feels like this is a commentary on like puppy mills and breeders, and I was like, you're insane. But then the more that I thought about it, like they make these dogs like give birth, and then they take the dogs away and give them to different families, which is like essentially what happens in The Handmaid's Tale. And I know it's like crazy, but like I kind of felt it, and it's like the handmaids are like servants. Like they can't go or do anything without being told what to do. They have to, they can only walk. That's like their one activity. That's what dogs do. Damn. Yeah, no, it's definitely like
1: not. That's actually it's like hard. not the worst thing. That's not the stupidest thing he's ever said.
0: No, I know. So I need to do more research because to me, like the show is so fucked up and it's not, it never happened. It's not like a retelling of history. So why does this fake story need to be told? It's so fucked up. But that's like so many shows that I don't watch, like Westworld. No, but this one is so. Black Mirror. Yeah, I guess. But to me, like, this one is so painful to watch, more so than anything I've ever watched. And it deals with such, like, real issues. Hunger Games. In the most unethical way. Like, I just don't know why this story is necessary. Like, it's really upsetting. Hunger Games. But I am going to keep watching it because I'm so curious. But, you know, I don't live for Elizabeth Moss. And I don't know if she can really carry the show. I mean, I guess she does because it's a successful show that has multiple seasons. But I just don't, like, live for her. I understand that. Yeah. And then there's just, like, you know, the huge elephant in the room. Right. The Scientological elephant. Right. It's like Elizabeth Moss is a very involved Scientologist, which many have likened to a cult. And she's just like here playing this role of like a cult. It's just, it's a little too on the nose for me.
1: Interesting. Well, I look forward to hearing your recaps because I won't be
0: watching. No, don't watch. Like I literally, now that Olivia is a mom, I texted her yesterday. I'm like, you have to promise me you are never going to watch Handmaid's Tale. She's like, I'm literally never going to watch it. Don't worry. It's just so painful. And I'm not even a mom. Like, But just seeing these handmaids like give birth to babies and then having to like go back to their chambers, it's awful. Yeah, that's really sad. It's a, it's a terrible show. Please never watch it. But I'm too,
1: I'm too deep. I will not be watching it. You don't have to worry about me. And if you have a,
0: a soul that needs to be protected, please don't watch this show. Okay, very fair. Well, I think that's all she wrote, right? Yeah. Oh, wait, let me see. She just texted. Oh, she said she's done. Oh,
1: thank God. Okay, cool. Well, thanks guys for listening. It's a short week this week, which is awesome. And we'll see you tomorrow.
0: And just always remember that law is reason-free from passion. And art, which is also the same thing as passion. Please pre-order my comedy special, now available on iTunes, Disgraced Queen. You can just search Claudia Oshry. It'll come right up. Thank you so much for the support. And thank you so much for listening to The Morning Toast, the Millennial Morning Show, where we go live Monday through Friday, 10.30 a.m. Eastern Time on YouTube. So if you're watching us on YouTube, please feel free to subscribe and give this video a thumbs up. We're also available as a podcast anywhere podcasts can be found. So that's Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, Public Radio, iHeartRadio, CastBox, all the places. So wherever you listen to podcasts, find us some more details tell us and leave a five-star review about how beautiful, stunning, and smart we are. We love you guys very much and we'll see you tomorrow.
1: Bye.